Clemson. Sorry, got ahead of myself. Welcome back to the basement breakdown. Uh, as you may have been able to tell, it's Clemson week. Um, my name is Hayden Adams. I'm the sports editor of The Observer, joined tonight by associate sports editor Jimmy Ward, senior sports writers Charlotte Emmons and Ellen Geyer. Um, and we're just going to get right into it. And we'll do a quick recap, just the briefest of recaps of Georgia Tech, just to give that game a little bit of attention. But we all know what game we really care about. So, Charlotte, uh, let's get to it. What do you got for us from the contest against the Yellow Jackets? Yeah, so Georgia Tech, obviously, uh, Notre Dame handled them pretty easily, 31-13. Got out to a quick start and kind of just held that on through. Um, not much to say about this one. Ian Book put up a pretty good performance. Um, he ended up throwing for 199 yards. I actually thought the biggest takeaway was Javon McKinley. Posted 93 yards, had some impressive catches, and looked like he might have the potential to be he, there's kind of been this void in the uh, Notre Dame offensive receiving core as they've tried to figure out who their guy to make big plays will be. You know, Chase Claypool gone and he stepped up. So it was good to see that big target kind of emerge. And you can bet he will be needed down this stretch as they take on Clemson, Boston College, North Carolina. They've got some big matchups ahead of them. So that was kind of the big takeaway. Um, defense looks really good. Dalen Hayes looks really good. Um, so both on the field and just in their communication, their leadership. So definitely, and that will be extremely important. Yes, Trevor Lawrence is out this week, but the defense will have to show up to give the offense a break. Um, not really sure what else. They kind of did exactly as they were expected. You know, Georgia Tech's got, they're kind of, on the up and up, they've got some new, a new coach in his second year, but at the end of the day, they just didn't have the experience to overcome Notre Dame, and Notre Dame managed the game pretty well. So it, they didn't get caught in a trap game and seemed to focus on the task at hand. Yeah, 31-13 win. Uh, gave up a 97-yard fumble return for a touchdown and cannot recover an onside kick by the opposing team to save their lives. But with Georgia Tech in the rearview mirror, we're moving on to Clemson, even though we've already been focusing on Clemson for about a year now, ever since Notre Dame's season was essentially over last year uh, after they lost to Michigan. If you deem a season a success, if they make the college football playoff, which I would tend to do. So um, Aiden is not currently with us, so I'll talk about the offense or the defense a little bit. Charlotte has the offense. Uh, Clemson's defense, one of the best in the country. I think they are one spot below Notre Dame's defense in terms of scoring or total defense or one of those metrics. Notre Dame's number five, they're number six. Um, they do have a few key pieces missing this game. Starting Mike linebacker James Skalski uh, will be out for this contest with an injury, uh, as will starting defensive tackle Tyler Davis and Sam linebacker Mike Jones Jr., um, Brent Venable's son is going to be starting. I think both of his sons might be starting at linebacker, actually. Um, and uh, the secondary is good as usual. Not as good as last year, although if you watched, I think it was the Virginia game, one of their corners, Andrew Booth, I think it was, snagged an interception Odo Beckham style with one hand. Uh, just ridiculously great defensive play. Um, but their corners haven't been great this year. They've definitely taken 
uh, a moderate step back uh, from the defense they were in 2018 uh, when they had four, three or four first-round picks on the defensive line, uh, although their defensive line is still great. They're only giving up 99.89-ish rushing yards per game, 175 passing yards. Um, it's going to be a tough task for a Notre Dame offense that has been inconsistent passing the ball to pick apart uh, this defense with probably the best defensive coordinator in college football. But um, who knows what we're going to see from the Irish on Saturday. So with that, I'll turn it over to Charlotte to talk about the offense. Yeah, so let me pull up my notes. Um, this is obviously a very different or Clemson offense than what we were looking at a week and a half ago. But um, nonetheless, still have a lot of weapons at their disposal. That's what Clemson does. They reload with five stars. Um, so, yes, they're missing Trevor Lawrence, but DJ Uyongalele. Um, did I get that correctly? Uh, Uyongalele. Uyongalele. You missed up one syllable, but okay. 80, 83%, five out of six syllables. That's so ironic because as you were saying that, I was trying to play a clip like on my own computer, listening to it being pronounced. So I'm glad we clarified this. I want to thank, uh, was it Joe Tessitore, who was calling the Clemson-Boston College game for saying it so many times that I was able to like get it down easily. DJ Uyango Lilla. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Anywho, um, he's a five-star true freshman. He's actually played in six games this season, which surprised me. Not very many substantial snap counts until Boston College. But against Boston College, he posted 342 passing yards, three touchdowns, he had a 70% pass completion rate. So he's definitely a threat with the ball, both with his feet. He had a rushing touchdown um, and through the air. He, I'd say the biggest thing that Notre Dame has a chance to capitalize is just a lack of experience. You know, he hasn't been in that pressure, situa pressure, pressure situation in the pocket. Um, so a lot of pass pressure will be important, but he definitely has all the skills there and has proven that he has the talent. It's just a matter of whether that will translate under the lights. Um, and then on the other side, their, their senior running back, where they lack experience at the quarterback position, their running back position comes with a lot of experience and all the talents and Travis Etienne, Etienne. Um, um, so he's kind of the backbone of their defense. He actually has very similar stats to Kyron Williams down to yardage touchdowns, but he's just kind of a bulldozer. He also is their second leading um, receiver. So he's a threat on all counts. And I expect that they will go to him a lot as they tried to kind of settle into this offense with an inexperienced quarterback. We're probably relying on him a lot to make things work. So Notre Dame will have to really, it will, I think it'll be a matter of like shrinking in the defense and trying to contain those short yardage plays. Um, that said, I do think uh, uh, Clemson's probably main weakness, which it's really hard to say that they have a weakness, but if you were to pick one, it might be in their receiving core on the offensive end. They've got Amari Rogers, a senior wide receiver who, certainly has made big plays. He's been able to get deep yardage catches. And as we mentioned, Travis Etienne. Um, but that is definitely, they're not the same receiving core as they were in 2019 at the Cotton Bowl. Um, so this is an area and at, on the flip side, Notre Dame has a pretty strong 
secondary led by Kyle Hamilton. So they've got a lot of, that's kind of an area that I think Notre Dame will, can give a little bit at the, at the risk of also kind of solidifying their defensive line. So that's what we're looking at. Yeah, that's really good analysis. And, you know, I think it's uh, looking at the stats, Travis Etienne has, uh, he's tied for the team lead in points with their kickers. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's pretty unique to see because he has 11 touchdowns on the year and 66 total points. Uh, but yeah, um, and you're right, wide receiver. I think I saw they had like 20 drops this year, which is just insane. And they've still obliterated everyone. Um, but that's Clemson for you. So um, we'll talk about them a little more when we get into fact and fiction and predictions. But now, Ellen, uh, give us a quick look at what is going on in college football this weekend. Um, yeah, so just like touching on Clemson super fast, we watched them play Boston College last week. Our guy, Phil Dracovic, um, now quarterback for the Eagles. He looked he looked in, in rare form last week in that Clemson game, throwing some deep ball dimes. Um, so definitely gave them a little bit of trouble. His um, offensive line is trying to get him killed, though. I yeah. Mean, they, will, they will not protect that man. Um, yes. So um, they took they took Clemson um, to a close game last week but couldn't quite get it done. Um, so this week, I think Boston College has a bye week. Um, other big matchups are Michigan and Indiana um, as the Big Ten sort of starts to pick up. Um, Florida and Georgia, that's number five and number eight. Um, that's in Florida. So Georgia had a, had a close win last week against Kentucky. It was, I think, like the final score was something like 7-13. 14-3. Yeah. So um, – oh, I don't want to talk about that game. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Aiden. You, want to um, talk, you can talk about Ohio State, though. We can have a little bit of cheer on this podcast. Um, yeah. So Ohio State has Rutgers um, this weekend, which is just the annual beatdown of the century. Um, so that should be fun to watch. They beat Penn State last weekend um, in a, a game that was sort of close, but had about a seven to 10 point cushion for the majority of the time. Um, other than that, Cincinnati's playing a nobody. Wisconsin's playing a nobody. Wisconsin's not playing. They get, they had their second. Oh, you're right. You're right. So they got canceled. So they literally are playing nobody. Um, exactly. So definitely the game to watch this weekend will be um, Notre Dame Clemson as well as Georgia and Florida. And Notre Dame Clemson college game day game. So that'll be really fun under the lights. Number one versus number four. Um, and really quick, uh, Jimmy. Uh, talk to us a little bit about just what is happening in terms of other Notre Dame sports. Um, so, yeah, just this past weekend, uh, women's soccer lost a narrow one to top-ranked UNC in Chapel Hill. Um, men's soccer also lost to uh, Virginia Tech on Monday, 1-0. to zero. Uh, But men's cross-country and women's cross-country both competed in the ACC tournament this weekend. And both had really good performances. Uh, the men came in second, led by Yared Nagus, who uh, secured the program's first uh, men's individual title. And it was their, it was their second ACC title in uh, three years. And the women tied for fit. So uh, really, good, really good for the Notre Dame cross-country track squad. 
And also kind of on that note, uh, Molly Sedell is competing in the 2021 Olympics, right? Uh, not totally sure. I know our sports writer, Nate Moeller, profiled her this yeah, week. Yeah, she, she finished third, I believe, in her – it was that was in her qualifying marathon, first marathon she'd ever run, and she qualified for the Olympics. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, same. Snaps. Snaps for Molly. Uh, love to see it. On the football front, um, had a couple of transfers out of the program. Uh, defensive tackle Jamion Franklin and defensive end Kofi Wardlow both decided to transfer. Um, Wardlow did not appear in a game this season. He'd only played in three his entire career. He's a senior. And uh, Franklin, I think, appeared in one game against USF and was relegated to like fourth string nose guard or defensive tackle and so he also alluded to his mental health needing a change of scenery so wish them the best uh and with that we will get into fact or fiction um does anyone have one that they have raring to go uh all right ellen ellen's nodding her head so take it away okay this might be a spicy one but i don't know fact or fiction well let me set the stage so in theory, Notre Dame and Clemson will see each other again at the conclusion of the season in the ACC championship. So, given that the college football playoff tends to have a recency bias and a fetish for um, conference championship teams, fact or fiction, the outcome of this game does not matter. Fiction? Uh, I think it does matter because if Notre Dame wins, because, like, the only way it wouldn't matter is if, like, regardless of this result, Notre Dame were to not get in or were to get in. So if they lose this game but win in the ACC tournament, assuming they don't lose to anyone else, they've got to be in because, like, it's more difficult to win on the, on a, at a neutral site than at home and you're presumably going to be facing Trevor Lawrence that time. So, I, and with the recency bias, I think then you would definitely get in. Um, in terms of how this game affects it, though, like, if you win this one and then – but if you lose this and then lose a second time, obviously you're not going to get in. But if you win this one – or – I'm getting myself confused here. If you lose this one and then lose in the ACC championship, you're definitely out. If you win this one and lose a tight one in the ACC championship, maybe you get in, but you need the SEC to uh, not have another one-loss conference champion. Uh, and if you lose it and then get – if you win this one and then get blown out in the ACC championship, you're not in. So <laughs> that's like my conspiracy theory, like string board uh, – just trying to figure this all out, but long and short of it, fiction, I think this game does matter. I'll try to give my analysis of it. Probably is not as in-depth. Please I'll be more coherent than me, because that was I think no promises made. I will say, I think that's fiction, but I'm just of the opinion, maybe I'm, I am, I give, I don't have faith in the college football committee and fans in general on how long their optimism of Notre Dame will last. 
I keep waiting for the shoe to drop. And I think we're one big game away, one big loss away from that happening. We've stayed relevant through the Brian Kelly era, but he really needs a big win. Didn't get it with Georgia two years ago or three years ago. Didn't get it with Clemson two years ago. Didn't get it with Michigan last year. Didn't get it with Georgia last year. There comes a point that no matter how close these losses are, whatever the circumstances are, none of it really matters. And this is Notre Dame's one year. They're in a conference to prove that they're one good enough to compete in a conference, but also don't need said conference. So I think every game matters. I think this game matters because simply for the fact that you don't have Trevor Lawrence in the game, there's no excuse to lose without when you're not playing against Trevor Lawrence, because if you can't beat them without their best player, then you have no business being in the conversation later on. Yeah. And before Jimmy uh, weighs in, that goes to um, my column that I actually wrote for our insider this week, because something I've heard literally every like football cover of Notre Dame on like every podcast I've listened to say is if not now, when, because Brian Kelly has not beaten a team at while at Notre Dame that has finished in the top five nationally, except for Michigan state in 2013. And they were unranked Michigan state was when they lost to the Irish. So you've got a third year starting quarterback and a great offensive line and tight ends you don't have great wide receivers but you got a really good defense so like this is the best shot you're pretty much ever going to have and if you can't like you said if you can't beat him without Trevor Lawrence what hope do you have uh when they do have him but uh Jimmy what's your take on that factor fiction yeah I'm gonna go fiction too just, just so much with what you guys said I agree with uh the there's so many advantages that Notre Dame has in this game besides their Clemson's best player being out and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think they're missing three defensive starters. Hayden said at the start of the show, uh, they, they need to win this game. Brian Kelly needs to win this game. And I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You guys, you guys just took everything out of my mouth. It, I'm just, it's, I'm rooting for a close game, but I mean, all, everything is pointing, the, the weeks leading up to this, there was very little room for air for every team across the country. And, you know, when Trevor Lawrence came down with this virus, it changed the, the entire narrative for this game. And it, it really became a matter of whether Notre Dame can win when, the best team in the country doesn't have their best player. So, I mean, I think, I think they need a win here. Yeah. So it matters for both narrative purposes and for college football playoff purposes. Um, at least that seems to be the consensus. Uh, and Jimmy, so we don't steal everything from you. I'll let you go first on my factor fiction. Factor fiction, Notre Dame wins the time of possession battle at least 40 minutes to 20 minutes against Clemson. So you're saying Notre Dame holds the ball for 40 minutes? At least, yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go. If you disagree, give me where you would put the line at for them, like, winning it. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't know. I 
I can see Notre Dame's uh, offensive line getting the better of uh, Clemson's kind of dilapidated defense. Uh, but Travis Etienne seems to just have these burst plays. And I think I think Notre Dame could hold the ball for a while, but uh, it was – it's a matter. It's a matter of whether those, whether that time results in points or not. But uh, I think I think that if uh, Tommy Reese comes out with a game plan uh, where he spreads the ball to his his young tight ends, all these different receivers he has at his disposal, and Chris Tyree, Kyron Williams, it, they can hold on to the ball for a while. So I'll say fact. I'm going to go fiction. I'll give you like maybe maybe 35-25 slide edge to Notre Dame, but I part of me thinks that's not good for Notre Dame. Well, you certainly don't want your defense getting worn out. Our defense is our most consistent part of the team and I don't trust if our offense is out there 40, you know, 66 percent of the game I don't think we're doing very well that means we're not max we're not running long plays we're just going three and out and or we're getting down or we might be getting down to the goal line and then turning it over so I think that's I don't think either are very likely options so I'm gonna say 25 35 fiction I'm gonna say fiction also because I don't know I think that if Clemson's biggest threat is their ground game, like the ground game takes time. Like it's, it takes longer to get yards when you're making a lot of short rushes than as opposed to like when you're doing deep ball threats. Um, I think in the past, Notre Dame has tried to eat the clock a little bit in these big games, like in Georgia and even in Clemson um, two years ago. Like I'm, I'm looking at this right now in the Cotton Bowl, it was, 27 minutes Notre Dame, 32 Clemson. And against Georgia, it was 25 minutes Notre Dame, 34 Clemson. So you have to think that there's a similar intent with the game plan to kind of eat the clock in those games. And the fact that Notre Dame wasn't able to pull it off successfully, I think says um, something that's worth noting when looking at this game. So I'll agree with Charlotte. I'm, I'm gonna say something more like, maybe I'll be a little bit more generous, say Notre Dame, it gets like 27 minutes of possession, but I do think that Clemson will will have a little bit longer. You guys are disrespecting this offensive line. My goodness. Like, they can run like they couldn't against Georgia or Michigan last year. Like, I mean, Kyron Williams is a better running back than Tony Jones. I love my man Tony Jones, but, like, Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree are a much better one-two punch than what you know, what we have last year. Tony Jones and Sebo Flemister. Jafar Armstrong was never healthy. Oh, Jafar Armstrong also moving back to wide receiver of note in this game so yeah Ellen just gave me a, a face like seriously like Jafar Armstrong you're really gonna bring him up like he's just a confusing guy to me I don't know he's... you should talk to my dad about him you guys would love to trash just Jafar Armstrong together he said he says everyone at Notre Dame aside from me would make a better running back than Jafar Armstrong uh yeah my dad loves me very very much you can tell all right Let's get, let's get away from that, Charlotte. What's your, what do you know? Um, well, as we know, I like to give really random factor fictions that have very little to do with, like, the strategy of the game. So and we love you for it. it. We really do. 
Huh? We really do love you for it. We appreciate it greatly. Um, my fact or fiction, Trevor Lawrence is going to play. <laughs> I love this. Why else is he making a trip? What, is he coming to check out campus? Like what? We talked about this on Here Come the Irish today. He's coming and he's going to be on the sideline dressed. Why else? You know, I didn't think about that. I saw he was coming to the sideline. I didn't think about like, oh yeah, that means he has to get out of quarantine. Uh, well, he, he will be he will be technically done with quarantine by then. So he's the, allowed to play. Clemson made the decision, but how brilliant would that be for them to throw Notre Dame off their game plan and right before it be like, psych, he's going back out there. Or at least okay. have him in there. Let's say it comes down to the third, you know, third quarter, things are still close. You toss him in there, give yourself a two or three touchdown lead and call it good. Charlotte, have you been speaking to Dabo lately? Because if you haven't been, you might want to give him a call. He might offer you a job, honestly. It's, it seems suspicious that one, they would declare him to not play, but then also put him on a plane. Well, the ACC has protocol about you need like three to four days of cardiovascular measurement or whatever after quarantine. Um, so what I'm assuming then would be that this would have been one long con, not long, not like people believe this whole Notre Dame season is a long con where they're saving their best for Clemson, but like they were just trying to throw Notre Dame off of their game and like Trevor Lawrence didn't really have symptoms and they've been lying about this. I don't, I don't think Dabo would do that. That reeks of like, you're not really confident that you can beat Notre Dame. And I'm sure Clemson is ultra confident they can beat Notre Dame. Um, so I'm going to say fiction. If they, if they do that though, honestly, I would, I would, I would hate it, but I would kind of respect it. Uh, Jimmy, what's your take? Yeah, uh, visiting teams can't bring cheerleaders this year. I think I think that's more what he's going to be used as. He's kind of president of morale. We'll call him that. I don't think he's going to be playing. Uh, my fact of fiction, uh, I'm rooting for a good game. I, I really think it's going to be a good game because it's going to match up well. These teams match up well, especially with Trevor Lawrence out. Uh, so fact of fiction, this, this game comes down to one play. You mean like at the end of the game? Because I mean, yeah. yeah. First of all, I love a good wholesome fact or fiction. So I loved your start just saying I'm rooting for a good, good game. Dig that. I'm going to say fact. I like it. I happened more or less in Georgia. It's it's impossible to say one play because of course you can always go back and point at other plays, but it's essentially they had a shot. um, Didn't manifest, but I think, yeah, I think it's going to be fact. All right. Here's what I'll say. Let's suppose that this is my, this is our last basement breakdown on football beat. I don't know what's going to happen. So I want to go out on a positive note. So I'm going to say fact, and I'm going to say it's maybe going to be a good play for Notre Dame because I was talking to some of my lacrosse teammates today and they were saying the juniors have not seen a loss in Notre Dame stadium. So I feel like that's just a streak that has to be continued. Um, and also, I watched, what was that, Virginia Tech game when Ian Book made that beautiful play at the end and, like, did his classic little prance into the end zone around the corner. Um, and you know what? I just have good vibes. I feel like maybe that's going to happen again. 
Um, marshmallows are going to be flying. Morale is going to be high. Um, under the lights, college game day, I'm going to say fact. And I'm going to say it's going to be a play that ends in our favor. Jimmy, before I go, because I'm trying to find a quote to pull up, what, what's your opinion on how it's going to turn out? Um, yeah, like I said, I'm just rooting for a good game, so I'll say facts as well. The only thing that concerns me is uh, <laughs> watching these past two games on TV, TV, honestly, Jay Bramblett and Jonathan Dorr have always kind of been – I understand that kickers need to be kind of away from the action doing their own kind of thing, but they kind of seem like distant from the team in a weird way. And I don't, I, I, was, I just kind of got a weird feeling watching the, watching the games these past couple of weeks from that. So I, I don't know if I have a hundred, also the special teams blunders kind of, kind of threw me for a loop. So I hope it doesn't come down to a special teams play. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, uh, Ellen talking about Ian Book prancing into the end zone. Uh, it, it reminded me of uh, Pete Sampson of The Athletic has said something similar to this a couple of times, but I remember I, I wrote this quote down. Um, he was on, a pod, on his podcast and he said, for Ian Book to win over the people that he hasn't, you're going to need the image of him celebrating after the Clemson game and probably celebrating the game-winning touchdown that he threw with 30 seconds left. So I don't know if that's going to happen. I'd love to see it. Um, I think I think this game will end up coming down. Okay, let me ask you a question real quick. Do you say that, like, Georgia last year came down to one possession because it came down to, like, the – fourth down on the final drive yeah yeah just a close game where it, i mean less than a minute it, less than a minute you don't know who's gonna win in that case i'm gonna say fact i think this is gonna be a close game especially without trevor lawrence um so yeah and uh all right that's it for fact or fiction we'll move on to predictions does anyone hey, fact or fiction ian book has better hair than trevor lawrence fiction what are you talking about Factor fiction, Brendan Clark has better hair than Trevor Lawrence. Factor fiction, anyone has better hair than Trevor Lawrence. You're, you cannot go after sunshine, okay? That man has beautiful golden locks. You cannot. You can clearly you don't know much about hair care when your hair is long because this man's got some greasy, greasy roots. I'll say yeah. it. Okay, for those who are listening, Ellen just showed us a picture of Trevor Lawrence on his phone. Uh, on her phone with some greasy locks. Granted, uh, my hair, for what it's worth, is longer than it's been in quite some time because I haven't had a haircut since I got back on campus. So I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I like to think I do. So anyway, time for predictions. Uh, mm -hmm. Does anyone want to kick us off with that? All right, I'll, I'll go first. Um, so... When I sent you guys my prediction at the start of the week, you could probably tell I was grossly over-optimistic. Uh, and I was self-referential about that. Um, and I've since calmed down a little bit and tried to think about this rationally. And part of this is driven by, as we talked about with Ellen's Factor Fiction, the ideal scenario that I would think would play out for Notre Dame um, in terms of like ideal and also realistic 
which is that Notre Dame loses this one and wins in the ACC championship because that will get them into the playoff. Um, this is tough. I've always predicted a Notre Dame win in all of my time covering the football beat, uh, but I'm, I'm predicting a loss here. I, I think it is going to be very close one possession, and I think that Clemson is just going to get the edge. So I'm taking Clemson 27, Notre Dame 24. Wow. Now I feel like, I feel like things just got serious. Um, just well, I mean, we're professionals. So, I mean, we, you know, it's only the most serious of content on the basement breakdown. Always serious. We didn't even talk about the Turkey Bowl, but that's well, neither here nor there. Aiden's not here for me to give him trash about how I got a pick six on him. Um, this team won. <laughs> well, who who was it that the and past? True or false? Played? True or false? My team beat your team. On the most bizarre true. of lateral. True or false? Without, true or false? It is not true my or false? fault. It's not my true fault. Ellen, Ellen made me fall on my face at one point. Uh, I, I threw the ball in between my legs for a fumble to end the game. It was bad. I think Ellen won. Shout out Associate Sports Editor Stephen Hannon for getting that scoop and score to seal the win. I will, I will give him credit for that. Right. And also, Aiden likes to make fun of me because I won this, this week in fantasy. And I think, yeah, it was a two-game winning streak now just because my opponent started Dak Prescott and two other people who weren't playing. Hey, a win is a win. Like Brian Kelly says, winning is hard. Yeah, as you made clear on Richie Fields this past weekend. All right, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Ellen, just give me your prediction already. Prediction? I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going out on a high note. I'm going to say Notre Dame win this weekend. You can quote me on that. I'm already losing miserably in our in-beat prediction contest, so why not just make it exciting? I think all the right pieces are in place for Notre Dame to win. I, I don't know if if winning means anything. Harkening back to my factor fiction, I think that's fact. I think if Notre Dame wins now and loses in the ACC championship, I don't think they're going to make the playoff. That's just my opinion. But <clears throat> I think things are all trending in the right direction. The Irish have looked, to me, stronger than they have since I've been here in terms of these super decisive, strong wins. Um, so I think with Trevor Lawrence out, Ian Book having these options um, such that he doesn't have to be the first or second leading rusher himself, um, a little bit better balance with the, with the um, receiving game, as Charlotte referred to earlier, um, and Clemson's defense being what it is. I think the Irish are going to sneak away with this one. I think Ian Book's going to do his classic little Virginia Tech prance into the end zone at the end. Um, and I'll take Notre Dame 23, Clemson 17, a reverse of the outcome of the Georgia game last year. Poetic. And since you brought it up, prediction scores from last week. Jimmy, the man, Ward, two points off in the Georgia Tech game. You, you saw that fumble recovery, that scoop and score coming for Georgia Tech, didn't you? Uh, I, you're, you're psychic. I, I just know. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Charlotte, 14 points off. Aiden, 10 points off. Me and Ellen, 24 points off. So just listen to Jimmy, like I said a couple podcasts ago. 
So, uh, Charlotte, you want to go next? Sure, I'll stick on the positivity. And I'm also going to predict Notre Dame win. I think this game, I think this win comes down less to, well, I'll restart. I really think this comes down to this game is being played on Notre Dame's terms. All the stars have aligned for them. As unfortunate it is for college football that Trevor Lawrence is out, could not have come at more ideal timing for the purposes of winning a game. Now, I understand maybe that's not what you want for the purposes of competing, but I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence being out, not to dwell back on two years ago, because these are two completely different teams, but Notre Dame simply just looked outmatched. Like they did not even belong in the same field. They looked terrified from the opening snap. And that's not to say that they couldn't have some of those, that kind of panic set in, but this is being played on their home field. This has been on the calendar for two for years. There's no element of surprise on this. Um, the defense looks really good. I think it's going to be a little more high scoring. I'm going to say 30 to 30, 27, 30. Yeah. Is that, is that a, is that a score that would make sense? Yeah. You could have three touchdowns, three field goals, or, or I guess four touchdowns, miss an extra point field goal. I potentially might circle back to a different number, but that's where we're going to, that's where we're going to start. I think this one, I think we're going to see, few mistakes made in the first quarter, not much offense, but these teams will settle in, exchange scores, and it'll come down to whoever has the ball last on time management and can make the most of it. All right, Jimmy, take us home. Uh, well, my, my prediction is very similar to Charlotte's. I wrote it down 31-28, uh, Notre Dame. Uh, I feel like if I, I get the win wrong, I should, like, lose my streak or whatever. But Notre Dame's defense needs to show out this game. Uh, they need to stop Travis Etienne and force uh, DJ to <laughs> DJ to throw the ball. Uh, there's, there's no other way they can win. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Clemson uh, – Clemson's – Defense is going to do the same thing, knowing Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree have hot hands right now, and that offensive line is just scary. So I, I think both quarterbacks are going to have to be – going to be forced to throw the ball a lot more often, and it's going to result in a lot more points for both teams. So 31-28, Notre Dame. Wow. I would never have imagined that I would be the lone one picking a loss ever in the basement breakdown predictions. You know what? Screw it. Notre Dame wins 30 to three, just avenging that cotton bowl loss. Yeah. No, I no, that's not, that's, that's not going to happen. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. That's everything for this episode of the basement breakdown for Charlotte, Ellen and Jimmy. My name is Hayden Adams and we will see you next week. Hopefully, after I am proven very wrong on my prediction.